Brett did that. Oh! You were awake when they took your wisdom teeth out. Oh, yeah, that was dope. Why would you do that? Because I wasn't going to let somebody take a part of my body off my body without me seeing it. Episode of Let's Rewatch, the show where we watch movies that we loved in our youth and find out if they're still any good. I'm Brett. I'm Sam. I'm Ash. And I'm Pat. Yeah. And it's over. Okay. <laughs> Podcast That's over. We did it. No, it's guys, is it is it Christmas time? Do you feel the magic I in the sh- air? It's beginning to look a lot like it. Hey, hello. You, we had to have him back on because I we played that very mean joke a couple episodes ago. <laughs> Patrick texted me in tears uh, with with the uh, he's like, "Did you really have Case record a, a second part of that?" Listeners, Case is back on for real. Hi this guys, <laughs> wait, he recorded a second part of what? We now we know who listens to the show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know I don't listen to our show. You know yeah, but this. You don't look at the title, apparently, because that... it was uh, Not With Case Aiken was the title of that episode. Oh, I yeah, was wondering was, about yeah, that. Yeah, Batman Not With Case Aiken. And uh, at the beginning, I had... I- uh, tweeted case and i was like yo can you record like a little a little thing for the beginning because pat was like we're gonna record it without case tonight <laughs> and i had case like buzzing oh. like hey guys like oh no it's it's pretty great it's good it's a good joke yeah mm-hmm. that is awesome well i'll I go totally back and listen it. to it now <laughs> <laughs> i only listen to it when brett's like listen to the podcast at this time code and he tells me exactly when to listen <laughs> The time code is zero 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 zero. But on the flip side, Ash is the only one who reads my description jokes. I uh, am. So uh, is that is true. not fair. I read them before they get posted. I read every them time. to you. That counts. I sometimes read them. <laughs> uh, but welcome I'm back, so Case. We've missed you so much. Yeah. You know, I, I was describing Case to someone recently, and and their my boyfriend. He was like, "Who's Case?" And I was like, "You know." Case is like the Patrick before Patrick became a host on the show. <laughs> Patrick just, before time. He's the guest that we like to always have back. Oh, thank you guys. Is You're this welcome. how many times have you been on this show? Because I know it's it gets blurred because we've done a bunch of scruffy nerf herders with you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, this is actually my second reel. Really? It feels like like we've like just more. been friends forever. Well, I feel like it? in yeah. the uh, the rewatch and Case Aiken cinematic universe, we're, we're approaching <laughs> a like a full eight hour days worth of listening yeah. between all of our our cross promotings. So even though that's true, yeah, Case hasn't been here a lot. We've been all over his media. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, there was like a solid like two months where like most of the shows that i hosted had one of you as a guest on or all of you uh yeah. when it was scruffy nerf herders <laughs> that was very and then so just to make fun. it even crazier there was like that week where ash was on like four shows on certain pov oh yeah <laughs> I just yeah. Took over. <laughs> and it was coincidence i had no idea that you were on, on like screen snark that week and then they like uh-huh. sent, it, sent it to me i'm like she's my guest on thursday <laughs> <laughs> I got all these, like, mentions on your Discord channel, and I was like, oh, hi. (laughs) Right, that you responded to, like, two weeks later. (laughs) I know. I'm so horrible. We've been using Discord for, what, 
maybe a year. I still don't know how to use it. We have it a Discord. 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 No, no, just we, to record no, the just call. Thing. Oh, so, okay, yeah. okay. <sighs> I kind of feel like we should switch Discord, like, the Facebook group to thing, a Discord, you know. though. We could. Yeah. Just yeah. say it. All five of you. <laughs> Let's move over to Discord. <laughs> um, but funny, before we get into this case, uh, we were just talking about how much we love you and you're part of our family. You're going to get to meet everyone, Ash? Next yeah, I want to go. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, we want to do a live show. We want to have you there for sure. We're f- we're still figuring it out. Yeah, but, but I'm 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 yeah. so excited for this. But we totally railroaded you and didn't let you actually talk about what you do and who you are, so that people who don't <laughs> know you know. That's okay. I have only been on the show now for my second time, so probably people haven't been two for or probably people weren't exactly remembering me because like i said it was only one time prior uh i am the host of multiple other shows uh that are podcasts um another pass which is a movie podcast that now everyone has been on uh where we talk about movies uh and sort of take the next step after let's rewatch where we then are like well what Mm -hmm. what could have been done at the time to make it better uh, there's Scruffy Nerf Herders, which you guys have all been guests on together, uh, mm-hmm. which is a Star Wars Dungeons and Dragons game. And then there's Men of Steel, which I just had Pat uh, on, uh, and it will have dropped by the time this episode comes out. Oh, uh, cool! Very exciting. And the rest of you haven't been. I don't know how much you guys like Superman, so we'll we'll let me know because uh, <laughs> maybe that works, maybe it doesn't. I don't know. I don't. Eh, whatever. Uh, but yeah, so I do a lot of podcasts, and that's uh, uh, that's it. <laughs> That's still a lot. That's a lot. It's it's yeah. an incredible amount of of content that you create. Like it's, it's it is impressive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you have like a full time job on top of all that. And now yeah. a beard. I haven't seen you in that long. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is my winter beard. I always like start growing it out. Uh, this is my first year for all the people at home uh, who can't see this that I actually like started trimming it. And like, oh. I was like, you know what? I'll, I'm actually going to keep it because usually I just sort of let it grow till it's like itchy, and then I just like ah fuck it and shave it all off. <laughs> um, and so like this year, I'm like trying to like style it and like have it not just be like a weird bushy mess uh, around my neck. Nice. <laughs> it looks yeah. good. It looks very nice. Thank you. I wish I could grow a good beard. <laughs> okay, one day, Pat. Mm-hmm. Pat's only able to grow <laughs> like a, a like a just the thinnest of chin straps. <laughs> it's just super patchy. <laughs> And I have the worst, like, the worst spot ever. You can get away with that, but not if you have one tiny little bald spot literally dead center on your chin. So it, like, doesn't come together. So it's just, like, and my hair is so dark that it's just, it's just very obvious. Like, it looks like I did (laughs) it on purpose. It's like the reverse of a soul patch. Yes. It's like an anti It's a whole patch. patch. You have to get some, like, (laughs) mascara for your your beard. You can, like, color it in. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yes. Don't give me ideas, Sam. <laughs> Give you an it. eyebrow pencil for your chin. Yeah. So this is this is um, pretty on on point for a case episode uh, where we just ramble on for tens of minutes at a time. Uh, but we should probably start talking about <laughs> the movie. The, the movie we're to gonna be fair, do. It's tonight. only been nine minutes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Also, while, while yes, this is a case episode. Like, it's not like I'm the one who like steered the conversation astray. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ash. What? what no, it's, it's me. Totally, it's always me. Um, 
but it's Christmas time. And Case, yeah. what movie were we watching? Well, I actually brought a movie that I wanted to see if it actually qualifies as one. Uh, let's talk about Die Hard 2, guys. Die Harder. Oh my yes. god. Yes. Die okay. Harder. So excited. Um, so I want to talk about that title because I've heard it said mentioned in podcasts or like movie podcasts and they say Die Hard 2 or they go Die Harder. And I always thought that was a fucking joke. Nope. Die Harder. I was like, and then I, I was curious, I was like, how I was going to watch I mean, it, this. And it's what's either the subtitle or it was the tagline. I, like, but but mm. I, I always thought it was just like a joke that people made. And then I pulled it up on Amazon Prime and it's literally fucking right there is the subtitle. Yep. Die Hard 2 yep. colon Die Harder. I'm like, no, they I did the same thing. I pulled it up and I was like, Die Harder? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, so also known as Die Hard 2, a hard nut to crack in Russia. Really? Oh my God. <laughs> Wait, really? So is Bruce Willis the nut really? in that scenario? What? I, I, I don't know. I mean, who knows? But that's apparently the name in Russia. I love it. So yeah. wow. I know it's like kind of weird because like the original Die Hard uh, wasn't named that like universally. Like it had like different titles all around. So once they kind of got into it as a like a series, uh, it got a little bit weird trying to like consolidate it into like one brand in different markets. Oh, because uh, like the first Die Hard was an adaptation of a sequel to a book that was then later a uh, Frank Sinatra movie. Uh, what about yeah so just like then when they decided to do a sequel which is not based on that book series and it was just like a different spec script that they were like yeah yeah fuck it let's make this a diehard movie uh it's like so weird yeah uh, in terms of like branding it's very weird they based diehard 2 off of a book called 58 minutes by walter wager the first (laughs) one was not based off of this book but they had this guy write the script so, or w- work with um, Stephen D'Souza to write the script. So, mm. so they decided to get serious later. I guess I don't know. I don't think <laughs> they knew how popular it would be. So, yeah, I mean, th- the premise of these movies is usually just ridiculous. Like it's action yeah. for action's sake. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, does this movie take place during Christmas? Is that what we yes. concluded? Yes, I okay. it does. Do they all take place during Christmas? Because I've only seen no. the first one. No, which is uh, so really that's a kind shame of why that they got away from that. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of why I wanted to bring this movie because this is the the first sequel, and it in it it sort of makes these assumptions about like what a diehard movie would be, where it's like it's set about Christmas. He's trapped in a small space uh, that you have to like familiarize yourself with, and like. Uh, it has like a lot of the same sort of like beats as the first Die Hard movie, and then mm. three where you get the original director coming back, John McTiernan. Uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance is like a very different movie. It's set <laughs> during like summertime. It's a buddy cop movie. Like there's all mm. these, like big big changes to like, it. But then Lethal Weapony. Yeah, that kind of sounds Lethal Weapony. Sort of, sort like sort of like it, it's him and Sam Jackson. Although like he's the only cop in the scenario and Sam Jackson just happens to know shit about New York. Uh, and <laughs> oh. then after that, like, New York. like Die Hard 4 is is a 4th of July movie and at least it's a ho- like a holiday and the holiday factors in because it's like the the attack happens because like all the military are away doing parades. Um, oh, okay. And then the fifth one is just garbage and doesn't really matter for any of this conversation. Oh. I've not Agreed. seen the fifth one, but yeah. 
it's That's, it's real bad. <laughs> like it's uh, so bad that it made Die Hard Four, which people thought was like kind of the bad one, uh, look like pretty good. <laughs> agreed. Oh, it no. was absolutely <laughs> terrible. Yeah, Die Hard and sad. I like that about Stranger Things. Not to go on a tangent, but like Stranger Things is always like revolving around a holiday too. Like they had Halloween and Christmas and Fourth of July. Like I like. I, there's something kind of fun about that when it's like let's always have a holiday incorporated. You know, totally. Yeah. What's everyone's uh, like die history? Uh, <laughs> no. like, as far as these movies, which ones have you seen? Have you seen this one? You know all of that. Um, I've just seen the first one because yeah. we watched really? it on the podcast. Yeah. You haven't seen the third one? No. Uh-uh. Yeah, I- I'm hosting, but I've never seen this movie. <laughs> oh, I've oh, only wow. seen the first one, and also a bit controversial. I am on team. This is not a Christmas movie. Garbage. Go home. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, this one or the first one or well, all of them? The first one. I haven't seen well, that. Obviously one. not three, four, and five. Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that best Christmas movie set around the Fourth of it July. Is a Christmas movie. <laughs> We've already gotten. There's into a person this. in a Santa Claus suit. <laughs> yeah, he's a dead terrorist with a sign that says "Now I have a machine gun." Ho ho ho! But he's still in a Santa Claus. But does suit. it embody the spirit of Christmas? Absolutely. Yeah, Doesn't you punish it, the bad. You punish Doesn't naughty it? people. Terrorism yeah, I mean, just and Christmas go hand movie. in hand. At its okay. Instead of instead of a lump of coal, they got lead. On bullet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, like, compare it with the tropes of a Hallmark Christmas movie. Like, there's yeah. usually like a little bit of a, a secret identity thing going on where it's like, well, you know, I can't tell mm. her that I'm really this guy. There's a bit of a will they, won't they? There's all, you know, there's. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, oftentimes, there's some sort of correspondence that's also sort of conveying information between main characters that uh, isn't part of the main one, uh, like letters or something like that. And, and it all works. It's just there's gunfire. And, like, the will-they-won't-they they is, like, will he survive and and get back together with his ex-wife as opposed to, like, she's a baker and he's yeah. a guy who judges bakery. Uh, like, they, they get rid of that. And <laughs> I feel like you could say, like, a Christmas movie with guns is still a Christmas movie. Yeah, but I will say on IMDb, the 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 genre is action comma thriller. Yeah. Is Christmas movie yes, a but genre, it's a Christmas though? action. Yeah, I'm going to go like Home Alone or something. No, it's Christmas is a modifier for a genre. So yeah, normally it, it's a Christmas rom-com or a Christmas musical. In this case, fair. it is a Christmas action comma thriller. <laughs> I, thank All you, right. Case. That is, that is the most compelling argument I've heard for the case of Die Hard. Congratulations. I give you yeah, the medal. Home Alone just says comedy comma family. I just think mm-hmm. like he's he shows up in the like the first one he shows up with the presents and he he shows up with a bear yeah he's he's got presents it's he's a present a man who wants to coast, to be with ass. his his estranged <laughs> wife and child and has to overcome some wacky scenario uh, just to see them again. And that's his whole drive. It's like I just want to see my wife and kids. And like at the end, it's they like have a the little same happy movie reuniting. Jingle all the way. Exactly, it's jingle <laughs> all the way. Oh my god! Oh man! Oh. Yeah, I mean, I think the the like because. I, I hear this all the time, and because I used to be like the the like bratty teenage boy, being like, "It's my favorite Christmas movie." Yeah, um, and, and I think sort of where I've come down to on it is that like, if 
if it's your Christmas movie, that's awesome. Because like Christmas, like the Christmas movie genre is mostly, or like modifier to genre is mostly to be like, <laughs> oh, this is comfort food. And like if yeah. Die Hard is a movie that you feel is like comfort food during the holiday season, then awesome. And if it's not, then like shouldn't be, be like be begrudged for not feeling that way either. Like I, like I don't want to fight you, Sam, on this one. Like if it's. <laughs> You're if you don't being think it is so the... logical, I feel like such an <laughs> asshole right now. Get out of here with this like <laughs> sound reason and logic. And... It's like how the substitute is the Thanksgiving tradition movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Okay, I can't keep having this conversation. I wish to the the fact that the stars didn't align that I was not hosting with you guys or a guest for the substitute is so criminal because <laughs> I. It's been so long, but I fucking love that movie. Yes. <laughs> yeah. high school. This is this is why we're friends. Oh, it is not a good movie, but it is a the worst the worst sex movie. scene of all time. Oh my god! Oh, it really when was. She like kicks the lamp or whatever. <laughs> so, anyway, Sam, you Sam. got some facts about Die Hard two for us? Um, yes. Facts, in facts, it? facts. So this movie came out in 1990, two years after the original, and in between one and two was Lethal Weapon 2, all oh. produced by Joe Silver, who is... God damn. Yeah, he is credited with revitalizing the action genre, which oh. I think is accurate. So funny fact... Both Mel Gibson and Bruce Willis were considered for both of the ro- uh, roles of John McClane and Martin Riggs. Really? Yes. And so they each turned down the other roles and ended up in their respective roles. So, huh. Yeah, perfect I, I casting yeah. for, Good. for Cause Riggs I, cause at least. Because I'm trying to picture them, and I can't see Bruce Willis playing, especially the early Lethal Weapons when Mel Gibson is like, I'm crazy, I'm so unhinged, yeah. I can't. Yeah. Bruce Willis is much better in that, man, I'm just fucking sick of your shit. Mm-hmm. Just tired of being here. Bruce Willis is and, just sick of acting and like he always yeah. has been. He wants to be a musician. <laughs> I I also I don't remember the co-star's name in Lethal Weapon, but I don't see Bruce Willis and him being a good like mix on screen as Danny much Glover? as Bruce yeah, Willis. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like that wouldn't have felt like a real friendship to me. Right, because in this scenario, both of them are, I'm too old for this shit, which yeah. doesn't, yeah. <laughs> like, like, you can't both be too old for this shit. That's I like mean, grumpy old men, but with guns. Now I'm curious, like, what is the age difference between Bruce Willis and Mel Gibson? It, it's not oh. that Bruce Willis is actually that old, because, it, like, he just started to, like, bald and, like, has, like, a weary kind of vibe to him. Like, even when he was in his, like, late 20s, like, he just. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Was just like uh, prematurely middle aged. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Um, so Mel Gibson is one year older than Bruce Willis. Mm. Wow, nineteen ninety or nineteen fifty five and nineteen fifty six. Their birth. Yeah, years. that checks out. Like, because he, he, like you feel like he's the the guy who goes through the midlife crisis to like hold on to his youth. Uh, so the opposite. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I see yeah. that. So, um, yeah, we are not directed by the original director, as Case mentioned. Uh, the director for this one is Rennie Harlan, who didn't do too much. Um, that name's familiar, though. Yeah, he just... Um, he did Deep Blue Sea. 
Yeah. Did oh, you see? really? He's got a yep. thing then. I hope this is Cliff, better than Deep Blue Sea. Cliffhanger, <laughs> Trace. So nothing crazy. He did another almost Christmas movie, a Christmas action movie that I almost suggested, which was The Long Kiss Goodnight. Oh, Ooh, I haven't seen that. Oh, I like that movie. I've never seen it. With so, Gina Davis and Samuel L. Jackson. Oh. Oh. Well, now I want to see it for sure. Yeah. You've sold me by the cast. Uh, originally, they wanted John McTiernan to direct the film, but he couldn't because he was directing The Hunt for Red October. <laughs> oh. So, mm. yeah, they were then directed, or they then picked Rennie to direct um, because the Fox executive liked his dailies from the adventures of Ford Fairlin. I don't know what that is. I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. Something that apparently... I thought you were going to say Baron Munchausen, and I was like, what? <laughs> no, no. That's way older. Um, so obviously, we know that Bruce Willis is in this. Um, Die Hard was pretty much his breakout role, which is kind of crazy. Wow. Um, he wasn't in too much before, but... Well, he, he, he was big for a TV show. Yeah. Moonstruck mm. or Moonlighting? Moonstruck, or like yeah. That? Yep. Um, that is Moonlighting. Sorry, got them crossed. Yeah, so he was known for Moonlighting, which was on the air from 85 to 89. So one year after the original Die Hard. But then it really like launched his career. He went on to be in Pulp Fiction and Sixth Sense and all the other millions of movies. Yeah, he actually got like super lucky with that schedule because the reason he could do Die Hard was that Sybil Shepard got pregnant. And so they had to like postpone a bunch of filming. Uh, so it created oh, this like gap wow. time where he could do Die Hard. And then the show goes for like another year. And then all of a sudden Bruce Willis is a movie star. Wow. So, like, Interesting. Like that's such a dope like life story where you're like, oh, yeah, I, I like took this part time gig in between my my usual gig. And then, like, that then still had my, like, go-to to, like, carry me into, like, movie stardom uh, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> with, like, not having to stress about money or anything. Like, that – it was just perfect because, like, as he's, like, becoming a movie star, he didn't have to, like, worry about, like, if Pulp Fiction was, you know, s- you know sophomore movie from, like, Tarantino who, like, had done Reservoir Dogs, like, which was fun but a low-budget movie. Like, was mm-hmm. that going to be a hit? Oh, it was. Oh, great. Like, now, now I'm a full-on <laughs> star. But, like, he was coming off of a, a successful TV show too. Gotcha. So apparently the directors and all the filmmakers were so impressed with Bruce Willis's improv on the first movie that they basically gave him free reign in this movie Whoa. and were like, oh, wow, improv uh, that, as much as you want. <laughs> that explains so much about that Bruce Willis's wrong. later career. Yeah. No, it's, it's <laughs> well, always this is going to be amazing, decision. right? This is going to be pitch perfect. Just so good. Oh, shit. <laughs> yep. No groaner lines. <laughs> yeah, because like so, like Bruce Willis uh, improv the Yippie Kaye motherfucker in the first movie. Sorry, oh. I just did an episode on, of another pass on Die Hard One, so it was like already. That's kind of like, like while it was Excellent. like in my headspace. Um, so, so he had he improv the Yippie Kaye motherfucker, which became the catchphrase for the series, um, mm-hmm. and. Like, but then you know about like all of his like later career stuff where he's like such a control freak who just sort of like like walks in on his own time and like kind of just like owns the set like mm-hmm. y- if the second big movie he was doing was like here here just say whatever you want and he just was like oh cool that's how i'm gonna be a star that kind of explains mm-hmm. a lot oh yeah they're mm. just like do whatever and he's like yes that is my job is doing whatever i want yeah yep 
So yeah, he it, there wasn't any information on what he made for this movie, but for the first movie, they paid him like a record-setting five million for the movie. Wow! So wow. I can only imagine that it's more for this movie. Which is that a is there like a context for the the I mean record-setting? But like how how much of a record? <laughs> I I don't know. I would have to do a deeper dive. Um, so it's, it's hard to like imagine that scaling. Like you know when when you look at a like Robert Downey Jr.'s like fifty mil per Avengers movie yeah. sort of thing. Well, I mean, I imagine it oh. was probably a record setting. Like considering all the factors, like it was his first film. Um, he was only known for TV. And it was nineteen ninety. <laughs> Yeah, it was 1990. Action movies weren't that big until after this. So that's my guess. That's Um, crazy to think that action movies weren't that big because now I feel like action movies are like the main attraction at the movie theaters. But they weren't. I I think this is what revitalized it, though, because we already had Mm. the 80s wave of like Schwarzenegger and Stallone. But they, that sort of era of these like, uh, you know, physical Adonises uh, carrying mm-hmm. over like the carrying the movie by themselves, regardless of what the actual content was, uh, was com- like that was starting to wrap up. And like you can see that their later movies start being more uh, cerebral, relatively speaking, and versus and like Die Hard brings back the action movie of being like, here's something someone who's like a little more everyman. And you mm. see like a different wave and like a different feel for like early 90s action movies. Gotcha. But you gotta you gotta think with this one. So like the budget on this movie was double, actually more than double what Die Hard One was. And shortly after, he goes to, <laughs> he does Planet Hollywood with Schwarzenegger and Stallone. So you gotta imagine he had points. Like he he must have been like bringing in the dough because all of a sudden he's like starting to invest outside of that too. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I wonder if he had any like back end on it too. Like so. Who else is so? Wait, Ash, you've not seen it. Sam, you've not seen it. Correct. But you have seen this this one. Oh, I so long ago. It's it's basically I haven't seen it. It's I I watched the first one a lot. I've seen yeah. this one, and then I've only seen the more recent ones, which have been very sad. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I've seen the first one and the third one a lot, mm. and I've seen this one, but I only remember like I don't. I still don't want to spoil it. I remember like. I just I basically remember where it's set, <laughs> what the set piece is for it, and that's it, kind of. Yeah, I remember a couple mm. of key yeah. moments, but I don't remember what the villain's plot is. I don't. The I villain... just remember where it takes place, and the... that's it, really. But yeah, for some reason, the third one I watched a bunch. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like I've seen the third one more, but I like the reason I kind of wanted to do a rewatch in life and when you guys asked me about movies I was like hey it's Christmas and also I was thinking about watching this movie uh, was that I, for a long time I like defended this as being like the superior diehard movie back when oh. there were only three like I was like yeah. adamant that this was better not not better than Die Hard 1 but like the better sequel like okay. I was adamant that this was better than Die Hard with a Vengeance because it was more of a sequel to Die Hard 1 uh, whereas 3 3 has like different things that it's the sequel to in that like Hans Gruber's brother is the villain in that one. And like, he's back mm-hmm. to being kind of like a down and out cop where he's less so in this movie, uh, sort of like he's with Holly at the start. Um, but so what spoiler, you're spoiling the yeah. third one. You're spoiling <laughs> this one. First fucking thing. It's like, Oh, my <laughs> wife, I'm picking her up from the airport. That's literally the opening scene. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> like, I'm not spoiling this movie. <laughs> I mean, doesn't the first one end with them getting back together? So it's not Yes, that's really... why I'm just saying there's continuity. It's not a yeah. big difference. <laughs> <laughs> Things are the same. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> but... But so, like, now that there's a series, because that was a stance I had up until, like, Die Hard 4 came out, and, like, Die Hard 4 kind of fit, like, that theory I had, and then 5 just sort of derailed the whole concept. Uh, Like, for a long time, I thought that this was what a Die Hard movie should be, and, like, the third one was, like, a weird deviation, because it wasn't around Christmas, and it was different. Um, And now I want to rewatch it, now knowing that it's, like... It really only was for these first two movies. So I'm, like, curious, like, does it really feel like the the true sequel or did mm. with a vengeance, which, you know, I think more people like argue is the better one, uh, because of the director and like Sam Jackson and, you know, all of that. Um, like, is that the, the true sequel or is it Die Hard four? Like where, you know, he, he's old and he takes on a plane or he takes on a helicopter with a car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In a tunnel. It's like a motorcycle or something, isn't it? That's yeah. Awesome. And he's like, a no, it's like a jet. It's like an F 16 jet. He like, takes out it's with a car garbage is what that one is <laughs> let's not talk about it but still better than five <laughs> timothy oliphant is the villain i love Tim- timothy oliphant. <laughs> yeah i don't think four was that bad i think the biggest issue was that it was like shot to be a pg-13 movie and so they like toned down oh. in a lot of like spots that would have sort of like grounded the movie it, it comes off as cartoonier as a result mm. uh, yeah and uh boy that was one of those like intensely battleshipping movies where it's just like i don't know i feel like guns work like you know you shoot the people they die like i'll believe you could do a crazy thing with the gun but four had some real big like world fucking with science stuff going on in it too and it's just like this doesn't make any goddamn sense and it was also it's also right in the thick of when hollywood was trying to make us all think justin long was a star (laughs) (laughs) Also, the early days of smartphones. I'm sure he's delightful. He seems fine. The magician, Justin Long? No, the actor. The actor, Justin Long. The Mac PC. He's a Mac. Oh, that guy. Sorry, I'm thinking of someone else. Where where John Hodgman went into podcasting. Justin Long went into, I don't know what, acting, I guess. Who knows? He was doing theater. I saw him on Broadway uh, a couple years ago. Oh. Actually, in a show with Alan Rickman. (gasps) Oh, what? Yeah. Aw. So this was several years ago. Uh, I'm gonna but, say yeah. I was gonna say I'm I'm very sad that there won't be Alan Rickman in this movie. Yeah, I was going to bring uh, that up. It he's not in this movie. We have well, well, well he, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. But didn't he come back for like the fifth one? No, 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 no. no. he's super dead. He's dead, 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 dead. dead. All right, well, you elephant know. building. I forgot that he died because he's just eternal in my mind. It died in Die Hard yeah. One clarify mm-hmm. character um yeah so we have william sadler as our villain and you definitely totally know him because he was the grim reaper in bill and ted's bogus journey <laughs> oh fun <laughs> uh he was, yeah, he's a that guy actor yeah okay. he was in the shawshank redemption mm-hmm. hayward so i feel like there's gonna be a lot of that guy actors in this if i'm like can I spoil one for you? Sure. Sure. Uh, John Leguizamo has a line in this <gasps> movie. <laughs> what? Oh Just my god! I'm so excited. No. Yes, he does. Um, and according to his autobiography, 
he was supposed to have a much larger role, but then he got on set and the filmmakers saw how short he was and cut him down to one line that was then dubbed over by somebody else. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. That's because oh, he's short, up, man. Allegedly, is... I haven't talked to John about wow. this issue, so put him on a fucking John, Apple we know box. you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, man, what the fuck? Like Tom Cruise does it all the time. Jesus, yeah, I don't know. Rude. So I will say it's easy to miss John Leguizamo when you're in the room with him. Uh, I at New York Comic Con <laughs> a couple years ago. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I got a story. <laughs> at New York Comic Con a couple of years ago, I was going to go see a buddy of mine who is a comic book artist. And actually, like, we have, like, plotted out some stuff together. So I was, like, stopping by his booth. And he was like, yeah, yeah, come on by. And, like, I go over there and start talking to him. And all of a sudden, security, like, comes up behind me. And they're like, uh, you're cutting the line. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, uh, that's when I realized that he's sitting right next to John Leguizamo, who was, like, promoting a comic book at the time. Oh, and I just was, wow. like, standing there. Like, my arm was, like, like right in his face. Like, I didn't even notice. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you earned his respect. (laughs) Sure. Totally. That's definitely how you earn people's respect. (laughs) Yeah, he's got your name in like a book, just like this fucking guy. (laughs) Lifelong enemies. So that's that's all the facts that I have that aren't spoilery. So Okay. Okay. I feel like we haven't talked much about like what this movie is or what so it's it's john mcclain yeah it's bruce willis and it's going to be bad guys like generic terrorists of some kind trying to spoilers do something (laughs) Uh uh-huh i mean it's a dire movie it's literally every single one of them (laughs) uh can i say like where it takes place no no patrick okay apparently not okay (laughs) i just feel like we okay i want to be surprised okay Tell us your predictions, Patrick. Um, I think it's going to be aggressively 1990. I think it's going Agreed. to just be so much of the era. Will None the soundtrack this, be 1992? Yeah, I think everything. Oh, no. Everything is. It's gonna drip 1990. Like your screens are gonna leak 1990 <laughs> out the edges of them. Um. Hold on, I think I'm getting an, be... an AIM chat right now warning me about it. <laughs> uh, I think it is going to be, on the whole, an enjoyable experience, like action movie. I'm kind of echoing what I said, I feel like, just our most recent recording for what it is, just like an action, action-y action movie. I think it's going to be overall enjoyable experience. We'll all cool. probably come back and say, not as good as one, but liked this about it, didn't like this part. I All think right. fun action movie. Okay. What about you? I don't know. I think it's not going to be as good as the first one. And if I go in expecting that, I'm going to be disappointed. Um, I expect it to fall a little more on the action scale towards Lethal Weapon than Die Hard. That's mm. kind of my anticipation is that it will be a little more like campy, <laughs> like cop. Oh, rough throwing shade at Lethal Weapon. No, no, but like they're very, they're similar but very different in tone. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's true. Leth- a lethal weapon's a little more lighthearted, I guess. Yeah. I, hmm. 
<laughs> no, I, I agree on this standpoint because like the, the the comma thriller part of Die Hard is the spot where it's like, yeah, you can't really like get into a gunfight with people. It's like a little bit more like Metal Gear Solid and a yeah. little less like Halo. And that's I feel like Lethal Weapon like is more in towards the like, yeah, you can have a gunfight or like a fist fight and like uh, be fine afterwards. Whereas yeah. like the, with at least the first Die Hard, it's like he gets into a fight and it's like he's seriously fucked up for the rest of the movie because of yeah. that. Thing. Yeah. Totally. Does he hide in a box and jump out? That would be awesome. <laughs> just like Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> you just get that brink. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think how would I, how would I like make that noise with my mouth? Brett, good job. <laughs> uh, Brett, so what are you thinking? I am very excited about this movie. And now I'm just thinking about Lethal Weapon, though, because I'm like... The- <laughs> I think my most of my opinions of Lethal Weapon were painted by four, which was like very melodramatic and everything that happened in it was serious. And so I was like, I don't know. Is this like that? Because Die Hard 1 was very much just like, yeah, yippee Kaye, motherfucker. And he runs around and like quippy, quippy one Doesn't Lethal Weapon take place at Christmas too? One of them does. I'm pretty sure at least one of them does. Yeah. Well, if it's a Shane Black script, which would be the first one, it's always a Christmas setting for him oh it's <laughs> like weird. that's like a thing he does like okay. iron man 3 was also one kiss kiss bang bang and uh wow. uh was it the not the other guys the what was the recent one that had um oh. the nice guys nice guys that's yes. it yes yeah. yes mostly i'm expecting the I, I i like the the diehard bruce willis quippy one-liner murders uh it's kind of in the same like Arnold camp and having just come mm-hmm. off a of Conan where we got like one, one liner uh, I'm feeling deprived and I want, I want jokey murder and I'm hoping we get jokey yes. murder. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that's accurate. Um, so that is, that's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm expecting. I hope that Bruce Willis can pull through for me. I want to piggyback on yours because I feel the same way where I'm like so ready to hear the cheesy (laughs) one-liners in an action movie because I didn't get them with the Arnold movie that we just watched. Um, But I'm also with Sam where I'm like, I don't, I don't have high expectations, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm going in and I'm sure it'll be fun. I just don't know that it'll actually be a good movie. You know yeah, what I mean? I guess this is going to yeah. let us know, like, how early did the Die Hard franchise take a left turn into terrible? <laughs> yeah, but there's also a huge asterisk because I believe, are we all doing the game? So Case brought to our attention a very fun game that you listeners can do at home, too, if you want to play along. So take a Santa hat and put it on the corner of your TV and every time it lines up with someone's head and it looks like they're wearing the Santa hat, you have to drink. So it's like a drinking <laughs> game. So the clause of the fact that I will become drunker as I watch this movie might impact how much I enjoy the movie. True. <laughs> I don't know. That's true. I am curious. How often have you watched movies where you became less drunk over the course of it? <laughs> Uh, that would have to be a long movie that you're like sobering up like while we watching. ran out of beer, like Guys, the Irishman or something. I don't know if I'm going to be able. I usually I, I was going to watch it on my phone. The hat will cover Put the whole a little. Phone. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone will always have a hat on. Uh, I'll black out. Well, don't you, you don't have to participate. <laughs> Just make one out of a Post-it note. 
There you go. Creative. <laughs> but uh, Case, what's up? So kind of what I was saying before, I'm curious how this is going to hold up in the larger series because like I like I said, I haven't watched this one in a while, but I, I've watched the others more recently. Um, and I'm, I'm wondering where it's going to fall in that range. I think it's going to be cornier than I remember because like I remember it being like kind of in the same ballpark with the first one. But in retrospect, I'm like, ah, you know, it probably wasn't. Um, but I think it'll still be fun. And, the, you know, the. I'm just curious uh, if it'll be, like, good or, yeah, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, t- wait, did Pat, Pat? Pat, did you go? Pat did not go yet. Yeah, I started it. You start, yeah. yeah. But, okay. He was yeah. the first. All right. Well, then I guess we're going to pause the podcast. What is it? Am I so short? My answer, you're going to cut me out of the podcast and dub my one line over? <laughs> it was so short, we didn't <laughs> oh, notice it. Oh, I'm sorry, it. Pat, I didn't see you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's pause the recording and go watch Die Hard 2, Die Harder. Asterix, a tough nut to crack. (laughs) Let's rewatch Die Hard Part 2. Or Die Hard 2, Part 2. Die Hard 2, Part 2, Take 2. Die Harder. Take Harder. Yes. Side is weather. The fire is so and, delightful. <laughs> and the planes are landing now. We got a place to go. To go. <laughs> let, it let, it snow, let it blow. Let it blow. Let it snow. Let's blow as in blow up. You know so what? You know. Oh, yeah. I like that. <laughs> I feel like that sounded pretty good for like four different songs being sung simultaneously. It yeah. was. <laughs> it was like that row, row, row your boat thing. We did it in rounds. Yeah. yeah. It was art. It was art. You hear that yeah. internet? <laughs> this is art. You fucking plebeians. Unlike the movie we just watched. <laughs> oh, well, tell us how you really feel, Ash. Shots oh. fired out the gate. Yep. So, or rather, out the terminal. Oh. Yeah. It's, it's like a. It's one of the things you know, but you don't. I forget. It's like I know it. And if you asked me, if someone asked me, hey, where does Case live? I would have said, like, I would have pulled that from my memory banks. Like, oh, the D.C. area. But it's just something that's not at the forefront of my mind. Um, so you're saying you guys, y'all don't get snow like that, huh? Uh, not to that degree. Not like where snowmobiles would be a thing you'd think about. I mean, But were you sure, even guess, alive maybe. in like, 1990? I was I even alive in 1990? Yes. Yes, Case has gotten hotter and... I, I, I will allow that that might be what happened. I posit they look like snowmobiles. It's so it could be confusing, but they were not because snowmobiles are heavy and wouldn't be skim along icy water, kind of, which is essentially yeah. what they were doing. Wait, so ice those, was, were those I'm jet skis? It, No, no. They, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because like, that was like break breaking so easily that ice and it was like shattering apart it's like that thing would just fall through you have just added to my will google later uh (laughs) people trying to cross water on snowmobiles because i'm (laughs) Um, sure it's out there they were actually a snowmobile ski do hybrid whoa it's the 90s (laughs) god they have a ski mobile or snow do you mean no, no, she meant that's the word for him, a ski do. It's like Is a it ski do really? on ice. No, I'm just saying. Like, I'm helping you out here. 
Speaking of Just technology that like doesn't make sense, it's 2019 and there's no goddamn phone on my plane seat. What the it fuck used are they to talking be. about? Really? Yeah, there used to be phones I, and planes. Yeah, they used yeah. to. And then they took them out for TV screens and people had cell phones, so... Mm-hmm. But you can't make phone calls with your. There's cell a lot phone. of dope amenities. Yeah. Well, but you can do like Wi-Fi now with like. Yeah. You can, yeah. you know, you, like I have a coworker who constantly is like, "It's so annoying that you don't have an iPhone because I can't message you." And I'm like, "You, you, you can email." You can <laughs> I email. just okay. So, well, Ash, you're opening with the cell phone on the plane as the unbelievable part of this movie. Oh no, there's way more unbelievable uh, parts. <laughs> <laughs> You know what's funny well, is we we have stumbled on the one thing that has gotten they've like amenities have gotten worse <laughs> over the last decades and the technology's gotten is our airplanes. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Oh yeah. Also, did you see mm-hmm. they were serving them champagne out of like a real champagne bottle with a real glass, like actual glassware? Yeah, they yeah. do that in first class, Sam. I don't fucking know. I didn't get a real glass when I took first class. I just I got free well, champ. I got free unlimited champagne, but I didn't get I a got fucking a real glass. glass glass. When the fuck yep. did you fly first class? And why are when you talking about it? When I shot a documentary for the International Olympic Committee. Mm. That's awesome. International, that's, we did really get cool. real little wine glasses on Air Lingus. Oh, yeah, the Lingus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Lingus. That's a great name. Uh, <laughs> No, there's so much about this movie that was like, um, like looking back at the first Die Hard movie when you're like, oh, he was allowed to bring his gun on the plane. That's weird. And then they just took that scene and made a movie about it. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was like um, nonstop. Like at the very end, I was like, are you fucking kidding me with this lighting the plane on fire? With, <laughs> seriously? No, that was fine. That was well, awesome. I back up. I'm confused. The very beginning, though. As far as the opening logistics of the scenario, so he lives in L.A. with his wife and their children. Right, but Holly's family's from D.C. So are we saying he flew, but he's already there, and the right. kids are I already think, there. Yeah, so I think the deal is he flew out with the kids. DC. Yeah, and then Holly had to stay because of work and was catching a later flight. Oh. But, that's weird. So Why did his kids go? get Why towed? Why would he just go with them? Oh my god! Well, the kids are in her parents. The kids yeah. are in her okay. parents. Yeah, but I prefer to think she's like the, the kids are just in the impound lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The kids so much were, better. Yeah. Patrick's like but, I can't imagine traveling with my children without my wife there. This is inconceivable. No, well, that's why he's so surly in the movie. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm trying to think of a scenario where it would make sense for him to fly ahead of time to go see his in-laws with the kids. Like, we'll just wait till you're ready. We'll all go to see your parents. I, mean, I got the vibe it was work because, like, that's always Holly's thing. She had, like, Nakatomi stuff like, she was yes. looking at on the flight. No, that's, but he's that's like, fine. But, but still, would you fly across the country to see your wife's parents I without mean, your early. wife? Like, let's be clear. Anyway. Let's be clear. Bruce Willis flew across the country with the kids and dropped them the fuck off. That's true. He literally says, "Let's just get a hotel <laughs> and drink champagne and yeah, relax." He does. This is I true. mean, that's fine. He, I know I should have done. Do your in-laws really country. suck, Pat? <laughs> 
You're just no, like, I like it's inconceivable no, 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 for no, no, me no, no, to no. spend time li- with them. <laughs> no, I like my in-laws a lot, and I actually enjoy their company just fine. It's okay. But they probably so, don't listen. You can be no. honest. No, no, no. I'm dead serious. I'm actually, I, I mentioned that. I'm actually really lucky. I get, I'm very happy. I get along with my wife's family, her parents, her brother and sister really, really well. But I'm saying if we were going to visit them for a holiday or something, and she had a work thing that held her up, I wouldn't just be like, well, I'm so eager to get there. I'm going to go like a day or two early with the girls. And then you meet up with us. Be like, I'll just wait till you're ready and we'll all go together. Yeah. What if it was yeah. like but, so much cheaper? But yeah, that's probably... I don't think I'd even do it if I was going to see my family. Well, <laughs> I, the, like, I assumed that it was her work like caused her to be late yeah. when they'd already made the arrangements. Yeah, that's how mm. I took it too. And it was back in the 90s, so you had to like call the airline to book a ticket oh and was it in the to- 90s sam i don't i don't remember <laughs> Did they mention i that? was so confused about that because i wish they'd mentioned that it would took place in the 90s to help me this is 1990 like Speaking how many times crazy- did they say that in the <laughs> several times i like considering that we said that was going to be a thing about this the amount of times they said it's the 90s <laughs> so, that and the amount of times they said i can't believe this is happening again yeah yes yeah yeah Speaking did you guys of- feel like this should have been like a later sequel like there's so many times where they're like how many times can this happen to a guy yeah. where it's just like this is two like this is two. Like it's yeah. not that much. Like when they're like, "Man, but, when you get those feelings, like insurance adjusters like get antsy." I'm like, "How?" Case I, mean, I can't be on your thing? side here. If Die Hard happens to you twice, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. If it happens twice, like happens twice is insane in the real world. But like for ev- like at the beginning of the movie, they're still like, "Oh man, if you're getting that feeling, like, oh, we should be- we should get anxious. Oh, are you some sort of hot shot?" Like, yeah. it felt like there was, like, an extra movie yeah, somewhere. I totally agree. Also, what do you think John McClane's daily life looks like? If yeah, this it's probably is probably like pretty ultra- boring. No, it's probably him just being a freaking dick cop, like, causing trouble all the time. Like, <laughs> yeah. He finds trouble. Trouble doesn't find him. He finds trouble. I mean, to be fair, as far as him getting, having him get mixed up in this, those guys might as well have been holding signs above their heads say, I'm a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. Now, so they brought up a bit of his uh, notoriety in this film. But, like, yeah. after your second diehard experience, uh, <laughs> the, the, the big climax of which was live broadcast by a helicopter crew that you jumped out of the helicopter onto the wing <laughs> of a moving plane – um, how is John McClane not America's most American hero that ever America like I, in the rest of the series? I'm 100% with you on this one. Like I, I actually used to think like, man, that's how I would do like a modern Captain America. Be like, you do the first two diehard movies and then you're just like, fuck, we should recruit this guy to be Captain America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The third totally. movie. Shit. Yeah. Another pat. We're another passes right now. The third movie. And actually <laughs> think, I think Die Hard with a Vengeance is entertaining. But the third movie should have been him in fucking Hollywood making a movie and it was like the yes. movie set or the movie studio. Well, yeah, because he already moved to LA. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And he's like creeping through the movie studio through different sets and stuff. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's a really good idea. Because he gets brought in to be like a consultant yeah. on the actual yeah, yeah. movie, or is it making a movie about him? Uh huh. Yeah. And okay, like whoever the script, they hired Pat. to play him is like nowhere near as good as he actually is. And he ends up saving this yeah. dude's ass like so many times. 
Let's oh, write it. So, so much better. This is so so good. much better. Like that is the problem I always had with Die Hard with a Vengeance, where he's just like an alcoholic cop back in New York, and no one gives a shit about him. And like, yeah, mm. I get he's a shitty dude, is what they at least are saying by the third movie. Uh, but he sh- still should be like really fucking famous. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think my problem with this movie that you kind of hit on the head there, Pat, with the idea of him sneaking around a movie set is this movie felt like it lacked a lot of the suspense that the first movie had. Like this movie just felt like action scene after action scene after yeah. action scene. But like, the first movie has like really good suspense and this like cat and mouse thing that's going on. And this one just felt like, oh, here's a snowmobile gunfight. Oh, here's a gunfight in the airport. <laughs> you know, like it's the same scene, just different locations. Yeah, this movie it goes in hot too. Like as soon as like he has a conflict with them, it's like full on gunfights. Mm-hmm. And like I have several notes about just like, man, his gun just never runs out of bullets. And also, how does he <laughs> not get shot? Like yeah. it, this is like yeah. the this is the hackier version of the first movie. Like it's like all the bad tropes about like action movies are just like there where mm-hmm. it's just like he's just like tumbling around and somehow not getting shot by all these guys with like much more powerful guns than him. Same. And he's able to like pick him off and more yeah. like lethal weapon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah. Well, yeah. they even had their Danny Glover like. <laughs> oh yeah, look alike. Bu- I'm yeah. too old for this buddy cop guy in there. Mm-hmm. Just briefly, mm-hmm. but yeah. Also, I have to say, Sam, I am on Team Sam for this one. <laughs> this was not a Christmas movie. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it there takes was place one. There was one fucking Christmas tree in the beginning, and then they're like. Merry Christmas, the and they played yeah. and they yeah. played Christmas it's, music. That doesn't make it you, a, at least yeah. in Die Hard One. At least it's mm. like they're at a Christmas party, and that's like an integral he, part of the Christmas, plot. Yeah, if it wasn't Christmas, he would never have been in DC. Yeah, I, but that's yeah, not true. They could have just been there visiting the relatives for no any other a wedding. Like it could have. No one voluntarily goes and visits. But their they could have a funeral. <laughs> like every Christmas, you and movie I know, could have taken right? back. Home Alone could have taken place on Fourth of July. Uh, he, they were in DC because it was Christmas, and so were all of the hostages. All of the plane yeah. people were there because of Christmas. It's a Christmas, and the weather was well, bad that, because that of Christmas created, time in the winter. That just created uh, like scale, like that. Like, there's nothing about this that didn't that couldn't be not Christmas. It was just yeah. like let's just up the up it all. Like yeah. the stress is higher because Whose it's Christmas. Side are you on? I, well, on? I, I think this movie. Brett, I think this movie leans <laughs> less on the Christmas thing, and partially because. Well, partially because this is a sequel to a movie that has so much of the Christmas element, and this one is like, well, you know what? It's fucking snowing. We've got, like, a couple, like, bits of Christmas iconography, and we can make a few references, but it's a sequel to another movie that had a lot of Christmas already. So, like, it, it if every Die Hard movie had, like, a Christmas setting, that this wouldn't stand out as being not a Christmas movie as mm. much. You know, yeah. like, because it would just be like, oh, this one, they didn't, like, do as much with it. But, like, again, it's, like, set in the snow, so that kind of creates, like, a Christmassy vibe, and, you know, there's... But, like, yeah. Fargo. Fargo was, takes place on. in the snow, but it's not Christmas. T.O., guys. True. <laughs> okay, so it took place on Christmas. It started with some various Christmas stuff. Then they moved on to that. The They captured the the first prisoner in the war on drugs present for america for christmas then (laughs) hold on (laughs) time out then they moved from the airport to a 
fucking church. You guys. Uh, True. This yeah. is this Christmas is so hard. Is this like the Okay, okay. Hold on. Hold on. Part way through the movie, like like two thirds through the movie or farther, three fourths, Brett turns to me and goes, You know, I might be on Team Sam. This is not a Christmas movie. <gasps> no, but it and won then, me over. And then it ends with the Christmas song and he goes, Nope, it's a Christmas movie. It was the church. It was before we got to the church. No. The church that flipped me. That was literally the moment that I was yeah. like, This is not a Christmas movie. And then the dude yeah. turns to the other dude and he's like, Merry Christmas. And the Christmas music starts. Yeah. And I'm like, Fuck you. You got yeah. a gift. Fuck for you. Yeah, no, it's not. It does not embody the Christmas spirit. I'm on spirit. Team Sam because Lethal Weapon With is power. not a Christmas movie. It just has Christmas as a backdrop for a couple of scenes. But like, just yeah. like this movie, Christmas is a backdrop for a couple of scenes. It's so Christmas much of a backdrop, it's literally just like production design in one scene. That's yeah. it. I, I- I think this yeah. movie, it's like the Christmas element is just like everything else that this is carrying over from the first Die Hard movie, which is it's a half-assed version of the previous movie. Like the previous movie, <laughs> the Christmas mm-hmm. stuff was on purpose. The The fact that it was L.A. and there was no snow and it was like a lot of the iconography was gone was intentional. So it would feel like an uncomfortable Christmas. But like the Christmas element was then juxtaposed against it. Um, this movie is instead relying on like, yeah, it is snowy and there are Christmas trees and there are people who are stressed because of the holidays. Um, and take it, take it audience. Like we're, yeah. we're giving you the Christmas element, just like the, we're giving you Christmas is, inher- is inherent to this movie's plot. Okay. It, because it, the, the airport was overstressed and overworked and over busy. Yeah. You know what? So you know elements. what other day the, the, the airports are stressed and busy the day before Thanksgiving. Yeah. 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 But the weather's not as bad. What is? Yeah, I don't know. That's true. I the will snowstorm give you the weather. Yeah, the I will give you that one. But those okay. You guys live in cold areas. The snowstorms don't happen before Christmas. They always happen in January, February. Silence. Also very true. <laughs> very true. Yeah. 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 I'm not, See, but it's more. I'm saying, but it is possible. Or Christmas is possible. My aunt lives still, in Chicago. I know yeah. this stuff. I've had there, I've had Christmas snowstorms. Yeah, and we've had Thanksgiving more, snowstorms. Yeah, it's a little less. You'll never Weird. win, Pat. You'll Lawyer. never win. No, I think I've already won. It's the people. Will I mean, against Sam, you'll I never win be, against. Should, their history books will show. Can okay. we talk about the best story. character though? Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Okay. I got one Make more Christmas song. Okay, here's how they could have made it a Christmas movie. Bruce Willis dressed as Santa. No. Um, the- I thought about that at the very some for some reason the Santa outfit at the very end on the plane wing fighting the bad guy. Oh, that would have no. been so good. There are there are vital gifts on the plane for needy children. There is a freaking heart kidney that so and so's loved one needs so that they can spend Christmas with their family. Like there needed to be something to save Christmas on the plane. Um, yeah, there was his wife. <sighs> no, that's not she Christmassy was, she enough. She's vital to his Christmas. Yeah, nobody wants their wife to die, but that doesn't have to do with Christmas. Her name is Holly, guys. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. But that is from the first movie, so you can't really use that by itself. 
I'm sorry. Are you are you saying that Christmas is a pre-existing condition in our fucking like discussion of Christmas elements case? I invite you to take that opinion and place it firmly inside your rectum. Brett, you you have gone too far. Okay, let's talk about naked bad guy Tai Chi. Yes. So so that was the picture that I tweeted. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So a couple a couple things about this. One. That's not very efficient. What about the flop factor? <laughs> How can you be a master Two. if you're not accounting for the flop, Pat? Yeah. <laughs> Two, dude is putting, he just went straight to get dressed after that, all sweaty and stuff. <laughs> he really believes in his natural musk. <laughs> yeah. Which I feel like that was a very strong opening that didn't pay off in the sense of like oh this is like the opening for a very like creepy and iconic villain that is like unhinged uh, like for and a martial just, artist like he, he doesn't yeah, really like, get into yeah, a fight like the, <laughs> like yeah. The, so yeah that's two things that set up that didn't pay or you know what i mean is a martial arts fight yes case or the fact that he's like he's like really messed like joker-esque like creepy and just kind of unhinged or sociopathic but in but he was really just like kind of robotic well his his fist fight with bruce willis at the end was way too evenly matched after that opening like i was expecting the like bruce willis to show up and like put up fists and just get knocked the fuck out like mm. you know yeah that shouldn't I have happened expecting, the way it like every time that actor opened his mouth i kept expecting some sort of accent because he right? just didn't uh-huh. look american at all it's because the first ones were <laughs> German. The I first guess. From the first no movie. pre-existing conditions, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, John Leguizamo really got a lot of silent screen time. Oh my yeah. gosh! Yeah, I, I will say that was not as egregious a voiceover as I was expecting from that no. like trivia fact because it cuts away and then it's like on the yeah. microphone, so it's like, oh, okay. Eh, I didn't even. I didn't even notice his voiceover. I only noticed him in one shot. Well, how I was did like, you even notice he him? <laughs> <laughs> he was in three that I noticed. Okay, so Brett. Yeah, I saw him a couple times. Brett called it out, and every time yeah. I was like, where? <laughs> so I just saw him. It's the first one. It's like, there's John I don't know. I was like, what? I don't know if I would have known that was him if I didn't know it, if we yeah. didn't say it ahead of time. Yeah. Now I was like, oh, that's that's him. There he is. Yep. But I don't know if I would have. Yeah, if I didn't know quick. to look out for it. Speaking of, there was another, uh, one of the other henchmen is Robert Patrick, the T-1000 yeah. Terminator. Oh. And he's like a big one. He's the one, who's one of the first ones him. to die. Yeah. He's like a, a like a relatively big one. He's like the one that's they have the face off against the dumbest action scene in this fucking movie. Like, there's a lot of dumb action scenes he's in this the one movie. With, like, the vent. Well, yeah, where it's like, like the hey, what do you think? You, like, what do you think we look like? A sitting duck, and he like turns oh, off the yeah. the <laughs> stairway and shoots them. Uh, that whole fucking scene, which is like the first like real confrontation after like McLean's suspicions about them. Uh, why does it happen? They're going out to a thing that they then blow up. Yeah. Like, why not just why not let just them blow it up? Right, blow it up when they're there, and then clean it up, as opposed to lose all your men. Yeah. In, in a firefight. Like, there's so many action scenes like that where you're like, why did this escalate this quickly? Like, <laughs> the the first movie, the fun part was, like, keeping it 
down like like because he couldn't win a firefight and yeah. so it always was small and in this case every single time he's like yep i got my pistol and i can engage with all these people with uzis like not a problem yeah. i'd also like and to you point out him... that the the oh. villain's escape plane didn't have any free seats at the end of the movie they <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's true yeah. where were they gonna sit uh, and also, you pointed out the, how, like, John McClane's uh, gun, I keep calling him John McCain, John <laughs> gun, like, never runs out of bullets, but there was that one guy in the first confrontation you were talking about that kept, like, having to replace his, like, bullets yeah. or his gun kept getting jammed. Yeah, and it's particularly egregious for a movie where, like, the magazines they're using is such an important part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, I mean, wait, did I see John McClane r- r- switch clips, like, way more times than you guys? I'm he, sorry, he did, it's he, McCain? He did switch clips. I saw, he switched <laughs> clips outside of the actual gunfights. Like, every time he goes into a gunfight, yeah. he he pulls out the clip and checks it and then puts it in. Oh. Um, but once they're actually Listen, in the gunfight, he constantly is getting, like... Him. The entire gunfight. It showed you villains. Oh, it showed you right. other I, I know. He's really been reloading when the camera was on the villains, guys. Okay? Yeah, but he's also just like lying on the floor while multiple people are shooting at him, and he's just like, "I'm going to slowly roll in a certain direction that they can all easily predict." Like, yeah. it. He was a sitting duck for most of the movie, which is like an extra weird part because he's not like really dying hard. Like he's just <laughs> lucky. <laughs> Like the scene where the guy was on the scaffolding and he's just shooting straight down, even though John McClane yeah. was obviously on the side on the pushing. Side? Like yeah, he yeah. Like just looked over. Fifteen but he's seconds like, to like, uh, uh, and he's like, "Oh no, someone's pushing the thing," but man, I'm not going to look. Yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of also Holly in the plane, I love William Atherton. That guy was so good at playing douchebag tools. Like, <laughs> yes. Just, he. He's the EPA guy in Ghostbusters. He's like the bad guy in the very classic movie Biodome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Excuse me, it's Spider Man. <laughs> also, O'Brien was in this. A short cameo. Yeah, Colmini fucking died. Yeah. Oh, I have a note about that. I was like, you better not kill Colmini. Miles O'Brien has suffered enough. And then they <laughs> fucking do it. <laughs> I like Let's the see. plane explosions. I thought the, so the plane explosions were actually like pretty good looking for the most part. Yeah, I, were, I didn't have problems with the special effects. They were like, I don't know, like the the first plane that explodes. I was watching the movie with Bryce and he was like, isn't the plane like out of fuel? Why is it exploding? <laughs> well, the first one wasn't out of fuel. They took them all the way to the end of the movie. No, the one, the fir- the British one, they were like, they had their well, fuel Well, they were low, light. but it wasn't, yeah. I mean, they, they had gas in the tank, you know, like once you're at E, you still have a little while to go. Yeah, but, but true, like enough like they to explode like... into a gigantic fireball? Yeah, I don't this know how much gasoline it takes ash. to explode, honestly. I don't either. It's 1990. This is the era. It's the 90s. Anything anything that anything moved was crashed. It exploded. Yeah, it's just like the ski, the the jet ski or snowmobile, whatever. That just like explodes. Ski do. Ski do. (laughs) And I I gotta say, I was disappointed at the lack of good one-liners. There really weren't. I mean, there were a few good ones. There are several, but they felt very sticky. Yeah. They missed an opportunity for the best one. 
What was that? When he stabs the guy. And he said, could have said, like, talk about an icicle. Oh, my God. Oh, God. No. <laughs> no, oh, no, Pat. But I will, I will say, I actually commented. He stabbed him in the eye with an icicle. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> that bit at the end where he uh, kicks that dude into the plane's engine. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, I, I kind of liked you, McLean. And I've got enough friends. <laughs> <laughs> that, good. Wait, that was pretty good. Yeah. I love Wouldn't that. The plane wouldn't be able to fly then at that point, right? Because didn't uh, if that's what fucking, I was wondering. Yeah, too. I, I thought that that should like have been the crash right there. Made yeah. Sully land that plane in New York. A human being would have definitely like fucked up that engine, right? Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. Yes, I. But think. But it's the '90s, Pat. So. <laughs> yeah. Who cares? But there's that guy who Speaking got sucked of- into the plane engine and then like wasn't hurt. So like I don't uh, know. What? What? No, that's like impossible. Like between the blades, like or? he got like, like it was a thing. You could, that there's, well, maybe he was hurt, but he wasn't like blood, blood souped. <laughs> oh my god! Speaking blood of soup. things that, speaking of things that they would do in the '90s that would never ever ever be filmed today because just the ridiculousness of it is him firing all those blanks at Dennis. Yes. Frank. Oh my gosh. Hey. Mm-hmm. Blanks at that range can still cause hurt you. Yeah, it killed the guy Dead. from the crow. Oh yeah. Well, that yeah. was different. That, it, that was different. Yeah. They, they, there, there was, a, there was a dummy slug in the barrel, and the blank it fired got that or something. Uh, yeah. Oh. So that was actually that was actually a gunshot. But oh, how was he okay. not shot by one of the other cops? Because he was like holding that trigger right? down for a little while. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, There's like a room full of cops with guns, like. And at an like, airport. <laughs> I mean, if this movie yeah. established nothing else, it's that the cops were not there to be cops. That's yeah. true. They did yeah. suck. And and that is the weird thing about looking at a movie from 1990, talking about airport police, where in 1990 it was just like, look at this cushy gig they're all at. Like, no one has to really work. And, like, looking mm. at it post 9-11, it's like, like, they would have that shit on lockdown. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so alien, mm-hmm. but I can't say it's necessarily wrong for the period. Mm-hmm. I guess, but like yeah. the movie opens with a shooting and a dead person and t- and people that got away in the airport with guns, and the guy's just like, "Let's not alert anyone." Yeah, yeah. Well, speak- Trudeau, I mean, Dennis Franz, fucking Canada. <laughs> well, Dennis Franz <laughs> is so hostile to McLean. Yeah. For no reason. There's no reason for him to just There's a point where they kick him out aggro. of Yeah, like they there's a point where he's been right like two or three times and they kick him out and like have him thrown out by two other police officers and I'm like, "Why?" He's been right this whole time. See, I yeah, like it's entirely there to escalate the scene. Like that, yeah. like that's the problem with this movie. They like take the easy way out throughout. Like they have stunt casting for Dennis Franz so that we can have like an a recognizable like asshole cop character who can then be the antagonist for the first, you know, 75% of the movie and only come around at the very end and like because he's an asshole and he's like in a position of authority, he's able to like kind of push like push these scenes that would naturally have McLean there because McLean has been part of this and everything. And it's like, all right, well this way we can force workarounds and force like whatever beat you want to put in the script Mm -hmm. uh, without it being well crafted. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. They scapegoated him so many times. Yeah. 
Yeah. Plot reason. Speaking of well crafted or not being well crafted, I was disappointed at the just the unimaginativeness of the villain's plot. They were just rescuing the guy so they could get paid a bunch of money. They were basically just mercenarying it up. It yeah. Was like, yeah. And these were all active soldiers, and, and they were mostly like active soldiers too. They're like just gonna throw all that away, throw their careers and everything, and just be like, yeah, we're all gonna get paid a ton of money. Yeah, especially the back guy. crew. Like yeah. the, the twist thought- was that like it's not a robbery or something. The twist was just. Oh, there's more of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You would have been a I thought more interesting was an army unit not attempting to free him, but trying to kill him because he is going to like expose them or like testify that this like army unit was like working in cahoots with him and helping him. Oh, like a yeah. like the secret real bad guy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well the point is it's like like how do you think i got my drugs in this colonel's battalion this army that's supposed to be like fighting me mm. in my t- in my home country has actually been helping facilitate my smuggling operation and i'm gonna like announce it right mm. yeah. yeah or if just, like william sadler's like team are actually paid to protect the drug kingpin guy the pablo escobar guy and like the the military team that comes in afterwards is like the ones that are like trying to actually kill him so it ends up in this weird scenario where, like, technically the mercenaries who are okay with murdering everyone are, like, not as, like, not necessarily as wrong as the military group that's, like, trying to, like, be, like, kind of Ooh. black ops. Or, so, so it's, like, it's, it's just both. everyone's bad. Everyone's it's bad. It's, like, yeah. the mercenaries are trying to rescue him to get paid, and then an army unit is coming in, like, no, we got to fucking kill this right. guy. And there's Ooh. just going to be a shitload of collateral damage, and that's where McLean steps in. Yeah. But the challenge there is that... The f- the most exposition time this movie ever got was Bruce Willis firing a gun full of blanks at a cop. Like, <laughs> yep. where would they have explained this? <laughs> well, that's not true. No, there was fair. the exposition of, like, here's a TV broadcast explaining who this, you know, dude is and why he's on this plane. And You, you wanted them to cram it into the naked, naked jujitsu karate <laughs> practice? <laughs> I mean, if I can get more of that hot ass, why not? <laughs> there was a lot of butt there. A lot of butt. Also, they weren't stopping people from leaving the airport. They okay. Like, they should have fucking evacuated that airport. Yeah, number one. Yeah, That's yeah. What that was. But said I'm saying like well, on them. The bad guys were obviously close. They didn't do any kind of like. It took so long. I felt like like they're here somewhere. There's a whole team of armed ass mer- like terrorist mercenaries here. There should have been like 200 national guards yeah. there just well, sweeping like 3 square miles. I mean, like, they do make a, a point when like the one platoon shows up and it's like just that. But the other thing is they are there but they're not. They're like in the suburbs nearby at a church and yeah, sure, a church, yeah. Christmas, blah blah blah. But like <laughs> <laughs> Them not being at the airport made the whole thing feel like, wait, so are you actually restricted to the airport? Like, that yeah. should have been the thing where, like, they should have had, like, some sort of blockade that prevented everyone from leaving. And yeah. so everyone's stuck inside the space and they yeah. can move around freely in the tunnels. But, not, but like, going out to the suburbs and being able to, like, have, like, snowmobiles, like, parked in a garage, like, felt like you could just leave. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, which was so great about the first one was, like, the tight quarters and everything. Totally. And that would have raised the stakes, like you were saying, Case, of, like, 
making it feel less like contrived. Well, I mean, do you want to get into the uh, the the real deal battleshipping in this movie? Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because you guys have been talking about the unbelievable things, and the the real most unbelievable thing is that this plot happened at all because yeah (laughs) i mean from like the small end of it where it's like okay uh an airplane holding pattern is like a 10 mile radius loop and there are i think six other airports uh in a 10 mile loop from that airport Mm -hmm. uh but let's say that the villains managed to jam all of the communications in that area somehow uh the, the radio towers at the airports are good for about 100 to 150 miles. So every airport within 150 miles would have been trying to contact these planes. Like, the plot doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I we I had that discussion with Bryce, too, where he was like, why don't they just go to another airport? And I was like, well, they said something about, like, one of the airports being closed. And they were, like, driving traffic to this airport. So maybe they're not open. And he was like, there's like a ton of airports around this airport. They could still yeah. totally make it. <laughs> there's another airport in that city. <laughs> well, so they don't seem to understand where Dulles is. Also, it's like fairly far out in Virginia from this actual city. So when they're like, oh, a district of Columbia law, I'm like, that's you're you're not in the district of Columbia. You're pretty far away. <laughs> you're, you're like a 45 minute drive. Uh <laughs> Because uh, they do reference national. National is in is like downtown DC, rough, mm. r- roughly. It's like on the Potomac. But um, is that Reagan? It is Reagan now. I mean, it's Reagan National Airport. Uh, like yeah. Dulles is the bigger one. It's the international airport right there. Uh, so oh, it I makes sense I've that that would be out of it. Actually, now that I think about it, I, I'm just trying to think in terms of like legit. Like that was just a weird like geography thing. They they make several references like someone who like looked up the encyclopedia entry on Washington DC. Yeah. Uh, and didn't know anything about it. On top also, of yeah. I love how the cops have New York accents. Yeah, also true. Yeah, yeah. That totally threw me. And they're talking about New York in the beginning. Yes, I thought so they yeah. were that, in New York in the yeah, beginning. It was very confusing. Yeah, because he was like, "I was a New York cop." Yeah, and they're like, "Fuck you." Yeah. <laughs> like, so what? <laughs> Versus being an LA cop. Like, who cares? Yeah. I feel like maybe they just didn't care very much. No, this is, I mean, it's a, a movie that was made two years after the first one on a different book, like that they just like forced into being a diehard movie. It it definitely feels like they were like, that first one was really successful. Can we do another one real quick? Yeah, totally. Yeah, because it was two years from release of Die Hard 1 to release of Die Hard 2. That means that's realistic. That's a tight schedule. It's a yeah, really definitely. tight schedule. Ooh, fun fact that I forgot to mention. The reels, the film reels of Die Hard 2 were delivered to the theaters uh, labeled as wet paint, which meant there was like a very quick turnaround between when they were finished and when they went to theaters. So they oh, like wow. oh, yeah. just barely finished the film in wow. time. Maybe she'll let that baby uh, marinate a little. <laughs> <laughs> There's a Die Hard two directors cut out there that makes sense. Uh, I doubt it. I yeah. doubt it. <laughs> I don't know. Considering you just proved that the, the entire plot Get doesn't make cut. any sense, they could have. If they had picked an airport that was out by itself somewhere, it would have worked. But they picked the, a terrible location. Yeah. 
They did make one of the best characters, though, and that was the janitor, for sure. Yeah. yeah I liked him a lot. janitor was fun. He was a good idea for, like, we've got this, like, labyrinthian complex to move around in. How do we have, like, someone who's an expert but isn't, like, a position of authority? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was mm-hmm. cool. Um, I hated the tech guy. He, like, mumbled like crazy, uh, which I know I'm one to talk, <laughs> oh. but, like, I like I could not understand half of what he said. Yeah, no, I felt the same way. Like, I definitely, like, I turned on subtitles at one point. And then there was a scene where he was talking to somebody, and the person he was talking to had, like, crazy reverb on his audio, but his audio didn't have reverb. And I was just like, what is happening? I can't understand (laughs) half of this conversation. There was a scene in this movie with some weird tech stuff going on too. The uh, when they first announced to all the planes that like they have to stay in the air, in the background of the uh, air traffic control tower is a guy staring at a screen with just like the Matrix on it, like the fucking <laughs> green text flying like an Avengers moment. Wow. It's like an Avengers moment and Tony Stark's like, that man is playing Galaga. <laughs> that guy is watching the Matrix. It was absolutely insane. If I can, f- I'll, I'll look it up real quick and like flash it's... it on the camera. But you can totally see it's just the thing's going crazy. Did they have touchscreen the back then? Did they have like, what? Touchscreen? Because there was that one time where the guy Oh, there was, was a like, stylus. Yeah. 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 Apparently. I, yeah, touchscreens are from the 80s. Yeah. Oh. Okay. I, I don't even know if it needed to be like actual touchscreen because like the stylus itself it, like the same way like a light gun like a like a nintendo zapper uh would work by like oh. having information from the screen like because it wasn't them physically touching it or and like it being like right. a resistive touchscreen it was that the stylus itself was the information device so that's it true yeah um i mean this all, this movie was like at this weird uh point between technological eras and I, like i like the first Die Hard also was and that was kind of the point like Nakatomi having like the advanced computers and stuff that um, allowed people to theoretically understand the layout of the building and so forth. And McLean not getting that and having to show off how he being of an older era was able to stand up against people who relied on technology. Um, Mm -hmm. This movie has a lot of that as well, but it's just kind of like shoehorned in there for the further types of scenes. So like, Holly and the reporter being up on the plane and actually being able to interact by way of having like, oh, we're going to set up that there are phones right right here. Uh, you know, having like the, the taser as like a thing that she could fucking have on an airplane because it's new <laughs> <new-fangled> technology. <laughs> the also, fax machine stuff to bring in Carl Winslow. All like, of those scenes didn't really have much. I mean, he heightens the tension, you know, of course, and like brings it to a fever pitch by having dickhead reporter mm-hmm. on the plane. But I feel like they got way too much screen time for how little mm. they affect the effect of the plot. Yeah. 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 I'm torn on that because I like their scenes, but it's true. They didn't have that much of an impact besides him consistently just destroying everything when he actually gets on the air. Yeah. I wish yeah. that like, I kept wishing that his wife, you know, somehow was going to play a part in helping out. Somehow from the airplane, you know, like wouldn't she like she has this phone and I just thought uh, like somehow she was going to be able to like communicate information yeah. or something because he could and have so, called his wife and said, yeah. hey, the altimeters are being messed with. Tell your pilot. Yeah. Like I just felt like it was it felt like a setup that never was paid off that like 
could have been more interesting instead of her just being a damsel in distress. Uh, also, you just made me realize, like, wait, the fucking phones were working the whole time. Why didn't yeah. they just call the pilots of the other planes? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, wait, like, wait God damn this movie. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, the problem of, like, movies today being like, well, now cell phones are a thing. So you have to figure out, like, why they don't have their cell phone or, or like, set it as a period piece, like, in 2003. So it's not mm-hmm. automatic that they'd have their cell phone handy mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, this movie has that same problem. And they just are sort of like. Well, no one's going to think about that because no one's used to the idea that you might have a phone with you anywhere. Yeah, yeah. but they made such yeah. a point of making it a plot device. I know. They, it's, it's Chekhov's phone. <laughs> <laughs> so did anybody have any – I mean we all loved it, right? So it's perfect. And... I, so I brought this movie because I was legitimately curious like how it would hold up and I, I kind of figured before we went in that it was only going to be fine at best. Um, I really doubted that it was going to be great. Um, and I feel like that's still true, though. Like, the movie wasn't offensive to me. Like, it was still like, yeah, it was fine. Like, there was, like, uh, action scenes that looked good. Like, the whole thing as, like, a, co- a cohesive work was dumb. But, like, there there was no one spot where I'm like, I'm really annoyed that I'm watching this movie. But I don't know if I'm going to watch this movie again for another 20 years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Totally. It wasn't unentertaining it true <laughs> or we're all just talking and fucking double negatives about <laughs> i will say i legitimately was bored halfway through the movie so i was not super entertained i kind of got bored with it because it felt like the like i said it felt like the same scene over and over again just with a different scenario or backdrop you know so it didn't it wasn't really like holding my attention like I feel like the first one did. I think my initial prediction was pretty spot on. It wasn't as like cool as the first one and it was more cheese ball action the like lethal weapon. Uh plot did not make a lot of sense, a lot of logistical issues. Uh it was fun. But, like, it doesn't deserve the respect that the first one does. Yeah. And also, I'm pretty mad at that old lady for tasing her dog. Oh, my God. Thank you. Yeah. That was messed up. (laughs) She is going to hell, and I'm okay with that. You are going to hell. (laughs) I tested my taser out of my dog. Poor thing. Limped for a week. I'm like, why didn't you tase your nipples, bitch? Like, fuck you. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Rude. I mean, I guess she's supposed to be a monster just (laughs) in general. She was like, well, I'm used to just carrying mace around to, like, just randomly assault people with. Uh, Did she mace her dog, too? No. Oh, God. (laughs) We don't know. You have to wonder. We don't know. You have to wonder. I want... We should form, like, a a podcast network, and you know how, like, networks or production companies will have, like, a little clip of audio or something (laughs) that they play, like, at the title card? Yeah. I I want Sam's Taze Your Nipples, bitch. (laughs) 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 <laughs> i don't think oh, i can man. add to my my assessment of the film after that so yeah. i'm just done <laughs> i feel like i don't know i'm i feel like i'm on the other side of the fence i had a good time on this movie it was stupid as hell and 
like so unrealistic and usually the battleshipping stuff really bothers me uh this time i was just it, it did bother me for a few minutes when i was like no wait a minute uh but i quickly got over it because if i wanted reality i i guess i'd like watch the news or something but this is this is a uh fucking wise cracking mass murderer cop going out and doing america in the way he knows best and like that's what i'm here for and that's what i got and i i had a good time nice well that's what it's about (laughs) (laughs) ash what did you think I said what I think. Oh, you did? It was boring. (laughs) 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 I'm in the camp where it was overall, like, entertaining for dumb action movie standards. But nowhere, I mean, yeah, obviously, as we've just discussed for the past hour, it (laughs) could have been a lot better. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, yeah. I guess that wraps Die Hard 2, Die Harder. Uh, (laughs) Case, thanks for coming on the show again. Thanks for having me back, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Tell tell everybody listening Uh, uh, about your vast empire. (laughs) Oh, my my empire. No, my empire is part of a collective. uh, I'm part of the Certain POV podcast network, uh, where you can find all our shows at certainpov.com. Uh, I've got three shows on there. One is Another Pass, which is a movie analysis podcast where we then discuss, after whether or not it was good or bad, uh, what we would do to fix it at the time. Um, all of y'all have been on it. I've got Scruffy Nerf Herders, where we play the Star Wars Dungeons & Dragons game, uh, and I am the Dungeon Master for that. And then I've got Man of Steel, which is a podcast about Superman and Superman-adjacent characters that were like, fuck yeah, um, and try to just be positive about Superman because a lot of people are like, mm, Superman's bad. Uh, so, mm-hmm. so those are my shows, but we got other stuff on there and it's all over at certainpov.com. Nice. nice. And th- very cool. I, I've listened to quite a few episodes of uh, Another Pass and I, I really enjoy your show. So it's, it's good. Oh, people you, should listen to it. Uh, yeah. I, the, the memorable episode, just because it, it, almost devolved into a or like straight out fight was um the the fifle oh yeah the american tale one. american tale yeah <laughs> oh but, i'm gonna have to listen to that yeah that was that was Dude, fun i didn't listen to it you can do it and fight with your guest uh no i mean like it, it just they they i had two guests on there uh the the host and producer for another podcast and um, both were very enthusiastic about the movie when we first started talking about it. And but somewhere between us being like, yeah, we're going to do American Tale and us actually sitting down to record, they the, both of their opinions had soured so much and had gotten uh, – and I was just shocked because I was like – came in and I'm like, I'm really excited to talk about this movie. And they're like, fuck this thing. And I was like, oh, no. Oh. And, <laughs> and, and one of them came way more prepared than the other one. <laughs> Uh, well, one of them is a, like a, a like a professional historian, so uh, he was like uh, super into like the history of New York, and like at some points was like uh, a little like too like uh, expecting of authenticity, which was like oh uh, in the movie uh, about uh, yeah talking about yeah, yeah. Twice <laughs> the uh, but no they're like they're great guys. I don't want to like say that there's anything. No, it was uh, a like, great it, episode. It was a good conversation. To. It was just no, like it, oh oh okay. Uh, I was all prepared to talk about themes and structure. You guys want to talk about like uh, the port system at at Ellis Island? Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, cool. it was it, like it went places where like 
the the premise of the show doesn't quite hint that it's going to lead and it was just uh, wonderful to listen to uh it's 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 a good time so people should listen to it another pass yeah yeah check it out start with the episodes that you guys were on yeah 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 yeah, yeah we we've, we we've, were on two we did three because <laughs> three. because of a <laughs> oh small God. mistake. Yeah, I was gonna say you could either do you could do Ash's episode, you could do my episode, you could do one of three of Brett and Sam's episodes. Well, it's supposed to be two. He did every he, like, Avatar. <laughs> right, yes, right, I'm right. surprised that we were able to ad lib about Avatar the the blue people for an hour and a half or whatever. <laughs> Avatar, I just blew myself. Yeah. <laughs> well, the funny thing with that one is that um, it was either the the first avatar which was the mistake or the correct avatar but like i we at your audio kept going and mine was cut off and like there was like a solid like hour of conversation after we were done and i'm just like <laughs> oh okay and i have no idea what i said like it was oh, just no. the two of you <laughs> oh no oh no ash engage okay. the audience before we wrap it up i just want to say merry christmas Listeners, thanks for listening to us for another year. Yeah. yeah. You can follow us on Twitter. We're at Let's Rewatch, where we do fun stuff like movie polls, where we let you pick the movie. Or if we pick the movie, I do screenshots and let you guess the movie. And this time I did a screenshot of the naked Tai Chi, which was just so great. And the first person to guess it was Blue Eyed Devil and Andre. Good job, guys. Also, hey. t- uh, Terry said, shoot, I was going to guess Frozen, which is hilarious. So you get an honorable mention. <laughs> uh, yeah, and if you liked our podcast, please tell your friends and give us a five-star review on Google Podcasts and I Apple, Apple Podcasts. Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. Patrick, say something. Anything. <laughs> Uh, we have a website, let'srewatch.com, and a Facebook group. Yes. You Accurate. did it. You did All it. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a wrap on the show. Thanks again, Case. Yeah. And uh, join us next time when we watch another amazing action movie, Direct Action. Ooh. <laughs> that sounds like a porn. <laughs>